This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. We have our kids with us this morning, amen? It's Family Sunday. We enjoy worshiping with the family here at Commission Church. Very regularly, you will find us having Family Sundays. A great thing about our church is that we provide an opportunity for our parents to worship uninterrupted in our worship services because we create a worship atmosphere for our kids every Sunday, exactly what you guys are doing here. Uh, we do worship, we do word. Uh, they have a little more than what we have here. They have snacks and you know stuff there that's games and more exciting stuff than you guys, but they enjoy that Sunday after Sunday. But we pause here and there, like today. Uh, we pause on a few Sundays in the year uh, just because of a few things. Uh, number one is that it's God's idea to worship as a family. And uh, we want to create that here at Commission Church. We want to be able uh, to uh, allow our kids to know what worship means and, and teach our kids the importance of worship and what it means to lift their hands up, and even if they don't want to, or stand up and worship even if they don't want to, or sit with us patiently. And I had to instruct my two daughters before I came up here. I said, now look at me. I need y'all to be disciplined. I need y'all to listen. I need y'all to sit back as much as you're tempted to run out. I need you to listen up. So, uh, and, 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 and I understand that we're going to hear kids, uh, you know, scream, and we're going to hear kids chatter, and we're going to hear kids talk and whine, and that's totally okay, uh, because we want to create that atmosphere for families to be able to not be judged. So please don't give ugly looks to anybody today if you hear, if you hear kids crying or laughing or uh, doing things that you're not comfortable with, um, just give them that space for them to be kids. All right? Is that okay, church? We okay with that? Okay. So I'm not going to get any emails today uh, saying the kids were noisy. Thank you, Jesus. No, we have a great church. I don't get emails from you guys. Just text. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Man, um, you might have noticed a lot of things are different today, all right? Uh, when you guys walked in, uh, be it in the parking lot, uh, be it the signs that we usually put outside, not that you need signs to get here, but if this is your first time here, I really wanna apologize for today, okay? I just wanna get that out there. If this is your first time and you've heard a lot of things about Commission Church, uh, either through Instagram or your friend or your great-granduncle or, uh, or Google the reviews that you saw saying that we're a loving church, we're a welcoming church, and you walked in and you're like, I don't see any of that, okay? Now, I want to let you know we don't, we don't do this every Sunday here at Commission Church. And the reason why we did a Sunday like this is because of a vision and a, uh, and, and a, and a thing in my heart that's been, that's been kind of weighing down on me for a very long time, but it's something that I needed to get off my chest. So I wanted to share my heart with you guys this morning. Is that okay? Are we cool with that? So you probably didn't see the signs outside. You probably didn't see a visitor's parking sign. So if you're new here, you probably had to find parking on your own. And if you were lucky, you got one of those front parking spots. You, didn't, you probably had nobody opening the doors for you in the morning, right? You were pampered to that. Nobody had opened doors recently. Lisa and her team have been doing an incredible job opening doors for everybody, greeting y'all as y'all walked in, 
right? They were smiling. We had greeters in the lobby saying hello to you guys, handing you communion cups as you walked in on communion Sunday, telling you there was coffee. Okay, we didn't have coffee today. Sorry, Robert. But Robert was really disappointed. He said, I had to get my steps in to walk to the donut store. So did I. I, I. I had to as well. And the funny thing is I forgot. It was my plan that we didn't have coffee today. And I forgot that there was no coffee today. So I walked in and I was like, where's the coffee? And I was like, oh, we don't have coffee today. So I had to walk to the donut store. Yeah. <laughs> this, we have water, though. If anybody's thirsty, make sure we're, we're not going to deprive you of that. Or you guys walked into the Sea Kids area or your kids ran to the Sea Kids area and you need to remind them, hey, there's no Sea Kids today. Or... You were, you know, um, like I said, with the communion or, um, you know, the showing of the seats. If, uh, you, you, some of y'all probably saw me up there once the place started getting a little full. If you came in later, you were the privileged bunch that got to see my beautiful face showing you to your seats. So you probably saw me running all over this place. Uh, or the lights that we usually have, the colored lights that you're really amazed by and the talents and the skills of our, our team back there or the haze. For people that are watching online today, the cameras, you're really mad that there are no camera angles. You're really mad that Mitchell's not on the floor, you know, getting some angles that, you know, you're enthralled by. Like you're upset, online crowd, because you're having a wide shot, whatever. And this is why I told you guys, you, if, you're, if you're online today, you're gonna hate service because it's not an immersive experience at all. We don't have somebody switching between eight cameras. We don't today. It's a different Sunday. I want you to watch this video real quick and then I'll come back and then we'll continue with our message. Thank you to Alex and his team for putting that, that video together, but that kind of gives you an idea of what our usual service looks like. And if you're here for the first time, come back next week, all right? We're going to give you a great experience. But I'll tell you why we have that great experience. <clears throat> it's because a group of people here at Commission Church understand what discipleship means. They understand what it means to serve Jesus. They understand what it means to be a follower of Christ Jesus. They understand there's a select group of people, and in a second I will talk about them, and, and towards the end of service we'll celebrate them, and so on and so forth, but they're a group of people that understand 
the ins and outs of Christian discipleship. There are a group of people that say, hey, not only is this a place that we come and go to every Sunday, or bring our kids to every Sunday, or tithe or give to every Sunday, but this is a place that I call home, and if it's my home, and if I serve a God that is alive, that is powerful, that is mighty, we have a group of people that are committed to the cause of saying, man, this is bigger than I. This is bigger than my needs or my selfish desires. Can someone reduce the volume on the speakers in the, in the room? Thank you, guys. Uh, so this is important for us to understand that today, we as a team have taken a break. I don't get a break today. But I've told all our servant leaders today, except for some of the essential people that have said, Pastor, you're not going to be able to function without us. We needed somebody to switch on the board like Jason went running. We don't have somebody back there. And we didn't do that on purpose, trust me. There was the live stream audio that was going and you guys got the, the feedback of it. There's nobody back there controlling what the online audience can hear. And simply because we want to understand why this is important, why is serving important. One of the most important things about Christianity or following Jesus is that Jesus offers us salvation. That you and I were sinners and God in his infinite and beautiful mercy forgave us and brought us in by, and redeemed us and saved us from darkness into his beautiful light. And the beautiful thing about that is salvation is free. It's absolutely free. There's nothing you have to do in order for you to receive that which God has given you, right? If you're a sinner, God looks at you and says, I want to set you free. If you are living in guilt and shame, God says, I want to set you free. I want to give you freedom that words cannot express. That's what God gives. But I want to remind somebody today, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. Salvation is free, but what happens after you say yes to Jesus is the most expensive part of your life. Sometimes you'll have questions like, if I said yes to Jesus, then why am I going through sickness? Some of you will have questions such as, if I say, if I said yes to Jesus, why did I lose my job? Or why have I been going through a financial crisis? If I said yes to Jesus, why am I going through this season of self-doubt and why am I going through this season of, of pain and despair? But let me remind you something that God never began this journey with you by giving you false hope of goodness and, and, and greatness and prosperity and all of those things that you thought or somebody told you that you would or might experience. Look at the 12 disciples that Jesus calls. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus calls his first disciples and he uses these words. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If you thought, for, if you thought fishing for fish was hard, just trust me, this is going to get crazy. I'm calling you to be disciple makers. Simon and Andrew, two, two, two guys, they, they followed him. They did not wait. The Bible says they dropped their nets immediately. The moment said Jesus, Jesus said, follow me, they started serving Jesus. They left everything behind. They left all of their conveniences behind. They left all of their sureties behind. And they said, Jesus, if you call us, here we come. John also calls James and John from their boat. And he tells them, follow me. And they did. 
Jesus proceeds to call Levi, who's a tax collector, a Jewish man that used to work for the Roman people. He was a tax collector, taking money from his own people to give to the Romans. So not only did the Romans hate him because he was a Jewish man, the Jewish people hated him because he was a, was a Jewish man serving the Romans. He had, he had given up everything to, to take up the profession that he had taken up to be a tax collector. And yet Jesus goes up to him and says, Matthew, leave everything and follow me. Like, can you pause and think about what a big decision that is? Lord, I have given up everything. God, I have given up my, my family. I gave up my, my reputation in my village. People curse me every single time I go by there. People try, try to throw stuff at me every single time I go there. The Romans don't accept me. I'm a nobody. And now, Lord, you want me to leave all of that and follow you? Like the sacrifice was great. But he leaves everything. He follows him. Jesus proceeds to call seven more disciples. Each one follows him and they leave their lives and say goodbye to what they know. They leave everything to follow Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus said, man, if you follow me, you will have to leave your father, your mother, your conveniences, the good things in your life. You will be hated for it. Jesus looks at them and says, man, I am going to give you every reason not to follow me when everything is, come on. And, and, and this, this, is not a, this is not a gospel you want to hear. This is not an invitation that is great. This is not a floral invitation. This is not an inviting invitation. This is an invitation to shun. Why would I want to go somewhere to be insulted? Why do I want to join something to be depreciated? But Jesus is inviting us into something like that. It's Tim Keller who says this discipleship is not an option. Jesus says that if anyone would come after me, he must follow me. It's not a, hey, whenever you can follow me. Am I talking to somebody? It's, it's not a when you're done with college, follow me. It's not a when you're done with the busy season of parenthood, follow me. It's not a when your kids reach a particular age, follow me. Or what, God, when I'm done, Lord, you understand what I'm going through. So I'm taking a break from all things God. And then I will, no, 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 that's not what it is. It's a, if you love me, someone say must. You must follow me. We don't have message notes today, I'm sorry, because there's a team that does that, and I said, let's not do that, because you need a break too. So you better take notes today. If you want to share it to everybody else on the Discord app, you should. But this goes to talking about who are we as a church? Why does this even matter to us as a church? Because our vision as a church we just don't want to exist for the sake of existing. Our, our name, Commission Church, goes back to the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples of all nations. And here's the thing. Because, of our, because our vision is the Great Commission, I pray that we will not make it the Great Omission. And I pray that, that we will understand this quote by A.W. Tozer, who says, only a disciple can make disciples. Unless and until, that's our vision. We want to be disciple makers here at Commission Church. Unless and until I commit every single day to, to make sure that you guys can be disciples. Y'all can be created to be disciples. You know what disciple making is all about. You know what following Jesus is all about. You know what studying the word or reading the word or, or praying is all about. Or what serving is all about. Discipleship is incomplete. 
And today I want to talk to each one of us and ask us, how much are we being a disciple of Jesus? Because if you are a disciple of Jesus, serving Jesus is going to be the number one thing on your agenda. Not when I can, not if I can. Serving should be everything in your mind. Because Jesus looked at his disciples and said, follow me. And what did they do after that? They didn't sit and pray for everybody. Am I talking to somebody? They didn't join a team that interceded for everybody. They did. They went and served the masses. They went and served people. They went and brought healing to places that were desolate and broken. They went and brought repair to places that were falling apart. That was the mission that they, they went to serve. Even Jesus says, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. He says, man, if I can serve, remember when Jesus tied that, that, that towel around his waist, went down to his disciples, washed their feet, disciples, the cost of discipleship is, is, is it's, 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 it's just wrapped up in this beautiful illustration where Jesus puts his, sits his disciples down, washes their feet, and, and then they're like, Jesus, why are you doing this to us? And he looks at them and says, because I'm a servant, because I'm a servant. Ladies and gentlemen, like we will never understand what it is to follow Jesus. We can listen to all the messages we have to listen to. We can listen to everything. We can listen to podcasts. We can come here and lift our hands and worship. But we don't understand the cost of discipleship. The cost of discipleship, which, we, which means sacrificial discipleship. It means you're going to lose something. It means you're going to give up your time. It means you're going to give up your resources. It means you have to study the word. It means you have to pray. It means there's so much involved in being a disciple of Jesus. There's a lot to discipleship, church. It's not an easy process, and I'm here to open your eyes at least to one part of that. Because we're all, we, we live in this, this, this time where we live in an entitlement culture. Yes or no? We, everyone just wants to be entitled to everything. I talked about this not too long ago. Our kids are entitled. How many of you agree that our kids are entitled? Come on. Yes, no. Some of y'all have really good kids. Can y'all please take my kids in for a few weeks? Convert them to whatever system you have going on? Because my two kids, third one is coming up there, learning from the two others. Super entitled. They know what they want, how they want. They they pick and choose. They're like, if I don't get this and this and this, uh, you're a bad father. You're a bad mother. Everybody else has it. Why can't we have it? That's what a seven-year-old always asks us. But they have it. But my friend does it. I've used this example a lot of times. Uh, Rizzy the other day came up to me and said, Dada, I need candy. I said, you don't need candy. You don't need anything. You, you, you need clothes on your back. You need shelter over your... Am I talking to somebody? Like, our kids are living in a very entitled culture. And where do they learn that from? From us. <laughs> because we are so entitled. All the amens went down. The laughter went down. Come on, somebody. It translates into church. You walk in and you're like, oh man, the, the worship wasn't good today. The, man, the, it was just, the, the sound was off today. It's okay. They weren't worshiping you. They were worshiping God. That's what Alex said last week. They, um, and that's good. They, they weren't doing it for you. Sorry. Oh, kids ministry. I don't know. They're, they're, they're not doing a great job. Maybe you should volunteer. Maybe, maybe they, they're lacking you over there. Am I talking to somebody? Yes, no. 
The coffee's too bitter. Maybe we need a new barista. Maybe Levi needs some help. Come on, am I talking to someone? Levi, I'm not saying that your coffee is bad. I'm just saying there are things that I get emails and texts about, you know, and calls. Oh, pastor, this can be better. That, what are you doing? When's the last time you stepped in? I'm stepping on some toes today. You're like, hey, I'm just, be, if, if you look for a church that's going to just be like, it's okay, just come as you are. We're here together. Let's just do this together. You don't have to do it. Let's just come. No, we're not going to be that church. I'll give you reasons to leave rather than to join. Because here's the thing. The cost of, the, and, and I don't mean it to be, please, get, hear my heart here. I don't mean it in a cocky way. I don't mean it in a rude way. I do not mean it to put anybody down. The cost of discipleship is pretty, pretty, pretty big. And Jesus says, unless you're willing to put your life down, don't follow me, y'all. Like if it's an inconvenience to you, do not follow me because that's not the gospel that Jesus is preaching. Rather than being a complainer, join and say, man, if I can do something to advance the kingdom of God, and maybe it's because you're not doing your part, and maybe we might grow faster, and maybe worship might be better, and maybe the bass might be better, and maybe I would preach better, or we might have a better preacher, or maybe the coffee would be better, or the nursery would be more staffed. If somebody said, Jesus has called me to serve and serve through the church and here I am, Lord, use me. But we have less of that and more of a, I'm just here to receive. I'm just, I'm just here to receive. Can I give you a few things and then I'll sit down. You good? All right. Number one is this, Ephesians 2 and verse 10. Let's go to the verse and I'll give you point number one. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. I'm reading from the NIV. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Remember, the Christian, Christian life is, I want to differentiate between this. It's not by works that we're saved. That's not what the Bible is talking about. Paul is not encouraging the church and talking about salvation here, but he's talking about the byproduct of salvation. And he's saying, if you're served, saved, if you're saved, how many of y'all saved over here in this room? Three, four, five, thank you, Jesus. Okay, honesty, I don't know what that is, but let's, let's go with I'm not sure. Okay. Because if we're saved, if we have a relationship with Jesus, you should be bearing fruit. The byproduct of you being saved is good works. Like, is there somebody that can say, man, because I'm saved, this and this and this and this is something that I do all the time. Haven't you seen some people and you're like, man, they always are smiling. Or they're always serving. Or they're always working behind the scenes. They're always cooked, like, like Sonia's mom, she's, she's one person that I always admire. Whenever you see her, she's finding ways to serve the family, and she, cooking is her love language. And you would find her almost every hour of the day in the kitchen making something to serve the kids or the grandkids or somebody that's visiting because she loves cooking. Like that's something, that's, she's always trying to serve others through cooking a meal or cooking a, a dessert or something like that. Like, what is it that people will look at you and say, you always do this? 
For some of us, it's you always cuss. <laughs> For some of us, it's a, you always are a Debbie Downer. For some of us, it's a, you always have a smile on your face. I have no idea where you get this much of joy from. For some of us, it's you're always on your phone. That's what my wife tells me all the time. Which I respond and say, I'm working. What do people look at you and say you always do? Like this is important as far as our salvation is considered. What are we always created to do? We were always created to do good works. Someone say good works. Point number one, I am created and saved. Like I am saved and created to serve. That's what God has created us to do, for, for he has created us to serve. That's what he says. He, we are God's handiwork. God has created us in Jesus Christ to do good works, to serve people, to serve in the, in the capacity of a blessing to other people. We are created for service. Like even here at church, you know that there's something for you because there's something undone all the time. And if you find a gaping hole, I still remember David and Amy coming up to me and saying, Pastor, there's a need for someone to clean this place. Let us help you. We brought them on as, as, as facility caretakers here. And, and they take care of our facility because they, they have a the gifting inside of them they would like to use for the kingdom of God. There are different people in this church. If I go on talking about different people, in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15, the Bible says this. It says, by God, in his grace chose me even before I was born and called me to serve him. Can we pause there for just a second? He says, before you were born, God called you. He has a calling on your life. Someone say, I'm called. Every time we hear the word calling, we think that it's only a pastor that has a calling or a, or, or a person on church staff that has a calling. We all have a calling. There's something that we say here at Grow Track. When you come through the, the, the partnership class here at Commission Church, we always talk about it and say, man, you are called as a minister. Like everyone is a minister here at Commission Church. Not just as commission, everywhere. We are called to minister to the Lord. But God in his grace chose me even before I was born and called me to serve him. Remember that your purpose is to serve. Your purpose is to help others. Your purpose is to lift other people up. Love God, love people is a phrase that we use at Commission Church. We just don't throw that out in, in, a, in a very generic sense of the way. We use it with intention because God has called us not just to love him, but love others. And the way we love others is by serving other people. We are saved for service. The Bible says out of his glorious light, he brought us from, out, of his, out of the darkness into his glorious light. And for 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says this, he saved us. And he called us to be his own people, not because of what we have done, but because of his own purpose and his grace. He's called us, church. We're all called. Only if we understand this radical call in Ephesians 4 and verse 1, the Bible says this, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Like live a life, serve, do something about the life. I urge you to live a life worthy. Say live a life worthy. This is important. What he's saying is do something about the calling. Don't just say I'm called. Don't just say I'm a minister of the gospel. Don't just say I'm a Christian. Don't just say I'm a believer. What are you doing about it? How many people were blessed because you were a believer? How many people were anointed because you're a Christian? How many people heard the gospel last week? How many people learned about Jesus? It doesn't have to be the whole gospel. You don't have to baptize anybody. But how many people experienced joy because of the joy in your life? 
He's simply putting that out to us and saying, he saves us the cause, not because of what we've done, but because of purpose and of grace. Man, we are supposed to live a life, do what you are called to do, fulfill your purpose. In 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse 10, the Bible says this, 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you some special abilities. Look at somebody and say, you are special. Say, you are special. No, don't, don't say you're special. Not, not that. Say you are special. Come on. That's what the Bible says, y'all. He's given, given you some special abilities. And the Bible goes on to say, be sure to use them to help other people. Like, what do you do with special abilities? Use them to help other people. Passing on to others, others God's many kinds of blessings. Like God has blessed you with something. Let somebody experience that. And a way that you can do that is by serving our communities, serving the people that are gonna walk through this church. We need to scale. We need to grow as a church. And unless we all can get on board this great commission of knowing Jesus and making Jesus known, man, it's going to be, it's going to be a nightmare for us as a vision. Like our vision as a church is going down the drain. The second point is this. I am gifted. Someone say, I am gifted. I am gifted to serve. You and I are gifted to serve. Now, I'm preaching the Bible here. All right? The Bible says that God has given each one of you special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Any of you have hated the gift that you got for Christmas? Anybody? Like, you got a gift for your birthday, gift for Christmas. Mitchell, for sure. His hand went up. Oh, Billy and Angela. Anybody played Secret Santa before or White Elephant before and you bought a $15 gift, right? You bought that $15 gift. And when your turn came to pick a gift, you got a rock. Come on, am I, am I talking to somebody like it was wrapped so good and it was wrapped a hundred times and you thought it was a ring at the bottom of it all and it was a, come on, am I talking to somebody? How many of you have been disappointed with a gift that you've gotten in your life? And you sit there and you're like, I wish I got that. The white elephant allows you to steal, so you're like, I'm going to get you. But nobody wants your rock, so you're never going to get a chance. No, never going to get a chance to steal. <laughs> Anyone hated your gift and you wanted someone else's, and that's the same with the Christian life. Like oftentimes, we don't realize the giftings that we have in life because we really want somebody else's gifts. You wish that you could sing like, like Alex. You wish that you could smile at people like Lisa does. Am I talking to somebody? Like you wish that you can serve in kids when, when, when you don't, when you clearly hate kids. Am I talking like, 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 don't. Like, there's some giftings inside each of us, and God's like, man, I've given you some special abilities. Like, what is those special abilities that God wants you to realize it? Like, every part of the body is important. God has given us these gifts. And some of us, it's a, man, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to do this. I don't, like, like some people are so gifted. There, there are people all over this building. Do you know that in our services, we have an overflow going out there in, in the Sea Kids area right now, okay? Because there was not enough space in here to accommodate everybody. Do you know that on a given Sunday, 
We have around 25 people on average working around and serving around this entire building when, when a lot of us get to experience just what is happening over here. Not a lot of people realize how much of effort goes into the coffee. Not a lot of people realize how much of effort goes into putting signs out and putting lyrics in the morning on, having it on time, or you're gonna turn around and look at Lakshmi, where are the lyrics? We get annoyed when it's not pressed on time and the lyrics, we're, we're lagging behind. We get annoyed when there are no Bible verses on the screen. We just wish there were notes. There's so much that happens beyond. Like you can sit there and lie to yourself, it doesn't matter, Pastor, the lights, uh, it's okay. We, we don't need lights. But there's so much that happens, but, but people don't realize that there are giftings that people have. Like, what could you help out in that you could say, man, I did this for the kingdom of God? Like, we can fake spirituality, but you can't fake serving God. It's all or nothing as far as serving God is concerned. It's either you serve or you don't serve. I love young people that serve in our church. There are so, a majority of people that serve here at Commission Church are young adults that love God and love people, and they want people to encounter Jesus. Here's what I want to tell you. If you're single, you're sitting here, I want to remind you something. Listen very clearly. If you're single, I encourage you. Do not go out with anyone that does not serve in their local church. Which means do not go out with, a, do not go out with anybody but a Christian. That's a given. Do not go out with anybody but a believer. That's a given. So you heard what I said. Do not go out with anybody that does not actively serve in their local church. Because discipleship starts there. You can do all the parachurch ministry you want. You can do all the, the hopping and the, and the helping out of ministries all over the world you want. But if you are not connected to your local church, there is a commitment dis disconnection right in that picture. Am I talking to somebody here? The amens keep going down, but I'm going to keep going. Because if they don't serve in God's house, they won't serve you in your house. I'm going, to I'm going to repeat that for those of y'all who didn't hear that. If they don't serve God in God's house, they will not serve you in your house. There's no here or there. It's no, uh, pastor, whenever I can, I'll serve. It's a, man, you either show up or you don't. It's either I love Jesus and I really want people to know Jesus through what I do, or it's a, no, I just don't want to at all. Like either, it's, it's like saying either you're pregnant or you're not. There's no middle ground. Like there, there, there's nothing in between. Am I talking to somebody? Like there is a need and, and, and I want to move on to, to point number three, Matthew 20 and verse 28. The Bible says this, your attitude must be like my own for I, the Messiah, did not come to be served but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Here's the thing. It's serving is not a request. It's an order. Anybody's mom ever told you? That's not a request. That's a? Just do it. That's what Jesus is saying. It's a command. Someone say it's a command. Serving is not a, are you able to? We'll be nice to do that, but God's not a, hey, God's not sending you planning center requests. Would you please be able to serve? God's like, no, you do it. That's a vital and integral part of your discipleship. Like if anybody biblically has a way to oppose anything I'm saying today, I am open to discussing this this week. 
But I really want to share my heart today and say, get, like, some of us need to get off that, that high horse we're on, if that's a high horse, or it might be a, uh, it might be a hesitation horse. It might be a, ah, oh, pastor, I'm not gifted horse. It might be a, ah, oh, pastor, I don't have the time horse. I don't know what horse you're sitting on. It's time to come down and say, this is a requirement. Jesus mandates this. This is a part of my, someone say discipleship. This is a part of being a Christian. And that's what Jesus says. Your attitude must be like my own. I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus showed up to serve. But pastor, I have so much going on. Poor you. Poor you. Pastor, I have family issues. I have past hurt. Pastor, I have a lot of church hurt. I just want to sit here. I just want to experience church. I don't want to go through that hurt again. I'm sorry, but tell that to Jesus on a bloodstained cross. Tell that to Jesus whose beard was, ch like chunks of his beard was ripped off his face. Tell that to Jesus whose uh, uh, literally a crown of thorns was shoved into his head. Like, like tell that to, like explain your busyness or your life situation or whatever you're going through in life or how many ever, whatever's happening, explain that to Jesus for a second and say, I'm sorry, Lord, but I can't fulfill this part of my discipleship, serving, I'll give, I'll show up to church, I'll worship, I'll read the word, but the serving part, God, I'm sorry, it's an all or nothing. See, please, can we understand this church? Hear my heart. Discipleship is not a pick and choose. It's not a, as long as I check these boxes off, maybe God will understand. I understand if you go through a season where you have to take a break, you have to step down, you have to reevaluate, your relationship with God is not that good. Man, but some of us use that as a crutch and go on and on and on and on making excuses to make sure that that part of our discipleship always is ignored. Please hear my heart. Your pastor really wants y'all to get this. Your discipleship is incomplete. Your relationship with Jesus and your pursuing of Jesus is incomplete if you do not serve him. Husbands, remember, you can be faithful to your wives. Wives, remember that you can, you can be caring and emotionally involved and invested in your husband and you can share everything with each other in marriage. But if you do not serve one another, you can say, man, I'm faithful. I provide as a husband. I bring in the money. I cook. I clean. Whatever it is, I take care of the kids. Whatever it is, the boxes that you check off to say I'm an ideal husband, ideal wife, but the serving part is left out. That's not a full marriage. I look for opportunities. Again, I'm not tooting my horn, but I learned this the hard way. And, and there are times I would go, go up to Sonia and I ask her, babe, how can I serve you today? How can I serve you today? In all honesty, that's my question. How can I make your day better today? What can I do to serve your heart today? Because that question is an integral part of relationship. And for Jesus, that question is probably going to be one of the most important questions that you can ever ask. If that's, that's one question that Jesus will turn his head to and say, let's have a conversation. Because the Bible says the harvest is plenty, but the... But the ones that ask, what can I do of you? The ones
ones that say, count me in, count me in, boss. Like, throw me in, coach. Come on, let me do this, coach. It's so limited. Because the entitlement mentality that the enemy wants to sit us in and want us to dwell in is the, I'm in a season that I just need to soak. You can soak. You can soak and serve at the same time. Please, get my... The, the moment you ask God to allow you to start serving him in the best way you can, man, your life will be radically changed. It is a command. Someone say, it's a command. Some of you are like, man, pastor, you're all, all, all up in my grill. I'm really, really uncomfortable. I'm sorry, it's called discipleship. That's what it's called. It wasn't supposed to be comfortable. It wasn't designed to be comfortable. Jesus warned us about that. We're not spiritual junkies. We're trying to build Christ's disciples, y'all. Serving has everything to do with sacrifice and nothing to do with convenience. Please, write that down. Serving has everything to do with sacrifice and nothing to do with convenience. If that means showing up every single day, even if you don't want to, because you do in your marriage, you do at your job, you do at your... Come on, am I talking to somebody? You do with your, your, your finances, you do with the bills you pay. You don't want to pay the bill, but you do. Why? You don't want to pay that mortgage, but you do. Why? For some of us, we go above and beyond and we pay extra to that mortgage. Why? Because you want that 30-year to become a 15-year. Or that 15-year, you want it to be a 7-year. Why? You pay that extra principal. Why? Some of us go above and beyond. And I've seen people in this church go above and beyond what's asked and asked of them. And some of them do it with delight and honor to serve God. And they say, because I love him so much. And we have a great culture of serving here. We don't, we don't ask people to serve every Sunday. We don't, we don't mandate people to serve. We don't force people to serve. We live, leave it in your court. But it has to be a decision that you make between yourself and God. Say, God, this is not a mandated thing. It's not a, hey, if you want church membership or partnership, you have to, have to, have to. It's, I want to do this because that is discipleship. That is relationship with Jesus. If we can get this church, if you can hear my heart on this. What does a servant do? A servant does whatever, whenever, wherever. For some of us, and that's what Jesus is talking about, attitude. Like sometimes you, you can serve but not necessarily need to have the, the attitude of serving. For some of us, it's a, I'll, I'll serve in this particular hour on this particular day. If it's with this particular person, you want to know who's serving with you? You want to know who's? <laughs> People like to serve in their own parameters. Like we have a position of servanthood, but you don't have the disposition or the attitude of servanthood. That's what that screams to me. It's a, I'll do this with convenience. I'll do this if I like, if I please. I had this at my previous church that I used to go to. We would ask this guy, that amazing person. He was on our guest connections team and he was at a door ushering people in. And this one Sunday, one, our, our, our guest connections director asked him, hey, can you go from that door, not this church, again, I'm just showing you doors, from this church, from this door to that door. And he said, nope, this is my door. <laughs> I am sorry, Bob, but is your name written on the door? Like, is that, like, if you were not stationed at this door, would you not serve God? Like, who are you doing this for? 
Or if I don't, if you're not scheduled to serve, I don't see you at church. If you're serving two Sundays, that's your, that, that was your quota. That's, who are you doing it for? Like, don't, don't do it because you will get a text from me or you will get a follow-up email. Please don't do it for that. I understand that life comes up. I understand that we go on vacations, but we have to make priority. God has to be a priority. Serving God has to be a priority. Being in the house of God has to be a priority. Bringing your kids to church has to become a priority. Can I talk to somebody? Because it is a part of your discipleship. Someone say, it's discipleship. And I know it's inconvenient. I know it's inconvenient. Whew, thank you. Someone is saying amen. Because everybody wants to be the king, y'all. Everybody wants to be on stage. Everybody wants to preach. Everybody wants the mic. Everybody wants to be seen. But unless and until David runs an errand and takes food for his brother, am I talking to somebody? You're not going to get a crown on your head like you have to be faithful in the little things. Like if he never made that trip to go and see his brothers and be in a place that was never intended to be. And I want to, like, are you taking up the job that no one wants? Maybe God will give you the job that everyone wants. Stop seeking behind the things that everyone wants. Seek behind the things. God, what do you want me to do today? What is it that you want me to fill in? How can I step in and help the kingdom of God flourish? There is a gifting that you have that Jesus has been knocking your door on and you keep shoving it down and you keep saying, no, 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 I don't want to do it. You're holding it so close and God says, get off. Get off that horse that you're on. Whatever that's, however you want to do. Like serving God isn't about you. Why? Why? I'll close with this, y'all. Why? Because I owe everything to Christ. I owe everything to Christ. So then, my friends, in Romans 12, 1, so then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service. Someone say, his service. And pleasing to him. This is true worship that you should offer. Someone say, should offer. Worship is just not about lifting of hands. Worship is just not about standing in the front row or falling on your face. That's not, worship is just not Bible study and prayer. Discipleship where the early church grew through Bible study, through prayer, through fellowship with others, and by serving and giving of their possessions to others. It is fourfold. It is just not a one thing. It's a one-sided thing. There are different, different things to this entire puzzle. Like if Jesus gave us so much, can we not give him two hours back in a week? Am I talking to somebody? Like in a week, can we not give him two hours back? Some of us need to go back home and serve your spouse. Serve God through serving your spouse. Serve God through serving your husband, serving your wife every single day. That's service to God. Become about others. Your life will change, y'all. Like you go to a restaurant and you write a review about the restaurant. Why? Because you love their customer what? Service. The experience was awesome. You love how Chick-fil-A treats you. The food's good too, but. Like God, what can I do for you today? I owe everything to God. I owe, that's, that's why I serve. I owe everything to God. Mark 8, 35, the Bible says this. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. 
But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Like this concept of make others happy and you will be happy. Serve others and you will find fulfillment. It is, it's, 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 it's revolutionary. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 12, the Bible says this, yes, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Why do I serve? Five, because I will be held accountable for my service. Can I, can I pause there real quick? If you're doing this, do it for God because the Bible very clearly states that each of us will, be, will give an account of ourselves to the Lord. There is a day that is coming. I don't want to scare anybody. That's not my intent. But there is a day that we will all face Jesus and we will have to give an account for what you did and what you did not do. There is a reward, church. It's just not a, oh, Lord, but I, I accepted Jesus, but what did you do with accepting Jesus? I went to church. No, 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 what did you do with that? Like, were you, did you become a disciple maker after becoming a disciple? Like, good for you. If you're going to church, good for you. But that's not, you're not doing him a favor. Don't just receive Jesus. Give Jesus away to others. John chapter 12 and verse 26 is what the Bible says. Whoever serves me must follow me. Then my servant will be with me everywhere I am. My father will honor anyone who serves me. Anyone who serves me. Do you understand this? That there is honor and blessing and a crown for every person that serves Jesus? That's amazing, y'all. You're not doing it for Pastor Oshish. You're not doing it for the church. You're doing it for God in the church, through the church. You are serving God. We're giving you an opportunity to serve God. That's all that is. Like, what about, like, 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 some of us are like, man, sometimes ministry is a thankless job. Sometimes serving is a thankless job. You know, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, the Bible says this, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Nothing you do will go in vain. Absolutely nothing. If there's somebody here that's saying, Pastor, no one has ever thanked me for what I've done. I want to take a minute right now. Can, you, can I pause real quick? I want to take a minute and thank you for all the years that you have served in your local church, be it this church, be it your, your previous church, the, the number of churches that you've served at. I want to say thank you for serving the way you did. I am sorry if you went through hurt. I am sorry if you went through pain. I am sorry if you went through spiritual abuse. My apologies, but I want to remind you, you're not doing it for people. You're not doing it for pastors. When you serve, you are doing it for Jesus. You're doing it for Jesus. Because I have to remind myself over and over again. In Matthew 25, verse 23, the Bible says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. It's for Jesus. One day he will look at you and say, good job. Thank you for doing what you did. I'm not living for today. I'm not living for the applause of anybody today. I don't live for pastor's appreciation day. Trust me, I don't. I appreciate you all for appreciating me and loving on me and Sonia so much, but we do what we do. We, we work like we work. We, we pursue the things we do because we love Jesus and we want one more person to come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. 
The people that switch on lights on and off, the people that switch on lyrics on and off, the people that make coffee out there, the people that greet people, the people that open doors, they don't do it because of, because of something, because they didn't have anything else to do. They do it because they have understood the love of Jesus and they want to serve him and they want to give to him their very best. And if you're one among them and you need to say, Pastor, I need to step it up a notch. Say, I need to go from what I'm doing to saying, man, I got to go. I got to do more wherever I can do, whatever I can do. I'm committed to this cause. Because this is not for me. This is not for you. This is not for, this is for more souls to be added to the kingdom. Like, think about it that way for just a second right now. Why? I'll give you the last one. Why? Why do I have to serve? Because you are needed. Not just because God needs you. I need you. Am I talking to somebody? Let me make this personal right now before I close. Because Pastor Oshish needs you. I can't stand there showing people their seats while I'm praying and getting ready for my message at the same time. Lisa was tempted so many times to come back there and help. And she came so many times and said, Pastor, can I, can I help? Can I help? I said, no. No, don't. It's okay because I need more people to say, hey, you know what? This is my job. This is my, this is my house. This is, the, this is the place that God has planted me in. This is God's house, but this is also my house that God has, and I have responsibility. My church family needs me. Like we can't grow as a church unless our foundation grows. How many of you have been to a store uh, at midnight? Anybody like go to Walmart on a midnight run? Right, anybody? Yeah. And there are no cashiers. Am I talking to somebody? And and you're forced to go to the self-checkout thingy, and you're trying to scan your asparagus. <laughs> beep, beep. Cashier needed at counter six. You're like, why do we need a cashier for asparagus? Do you need my driver's license? No. But do you get frustrated when no one shows up or she's helping three other people before you, and your red light is going, and you're like, it's 12 a.m.? First of all, why were you at the store at 12 a.m., right? I mean, you could have done it. Just kidding. I do that all the time. (laughs) And you're needing special attention. But your experience can be ruined because there's not anybody to help you. There's not anybody to make your experience. I'm never going back to that Walmart again. But you'll show up again tomorrow. I did that with Whataburger two weeks ago. 12 o'clock. How many of y'all have 12 o'clock Whataburger cravings? Just me, just me. Okay, a few of y'all. 20 minutes, something, I, or 19 minutes. I stood in line waiting for my Whataburger. And I said, never again. And guess what? I showed up three days later. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. There are not a lot of people that will do that if they're meeting Jesus for the first time. There are so many without hope. There are so many without without love. There are so many that needs a word, that needs a touch, that needs somebody to pray for them, that will walk through those doors. And if they don't have somebody to serve them, show them a seat, make them feel welcome, smile at them, love on them, give them a hug. Do you know the number of stories of people that have told us, hey, we have driven up to your parking lot and we have sat in the parking lot in our car and and we had anxiety and we didn't know if we could gather ourselves to actually come in. There are people sitting here in this room that have told me that. Lisa will tell you the number of people that have said that. But if there was one person out at the door smiling, 
Like Josiah and Angela, we saw you on video. But guess what? If you were not doing that, a lot of people, what's the big deal in that? But somebody sitting in their car is watching how people are opening doors. Talk is cheap. You know that? Can you say yes? Talk is cheap. You could go on saying this is our vision and this is what we believe in. Our website can be full of, oh, this is about us. Welcome, come, come, come. And they can come in here and they can see that this is the total opposite. You could go out in the lobby and not talk to one person that walks into this place for the first time. But guess what? If you have love and you want to show the love of Jesus, if you want to serve somebody, walk up to somebody that's standing by themselves and talk to them for a second. The people that you regularly talk to, they'll wait for you. Talk to somebody new. Let them know they are loved. Serve that way. Because there's a mom visiting for the first time. And she has this child in her arms and she's this, this baby. And she's like, man, I want to check this baby right into the nursery. But that nursery is understaffed. And guess what? Sometimes we are. We are. Our kids' ministry is understaffed. There are days that we have to say there's no kids ministry today. You know why? Because we don't have the volunteers. Not against any, not, not, nothing against the people that are serving. They do an incredible job. But sometimes we just need more. Oh, pastor, I don't know how to teach. Do you know how to hold babies? Can you just love on a baby? Can you just put a baby to sleep? We'll train you if you don't. It's, it's okay. It doesn't matter. You have to go through a background check though. So if there's anything of concern, please don't apply. But that mom that's visiting for the first time, she doesn't check her kids in because there's only two nursery workers and she's like, I don't know if I feel safe, but if there's one person that can step up and say, come in, I'll hold a baby. You don't have to do a thing, just stand there and be of assistance. Don't give me that excuse, I'm not skilled. You just have to be available to serve God. Let one kid be able to experience Jesus. Man, the harvest is plenty. Would you close your eyes with me, church, all over this place? Actually, stand up to your feet with me. There's going to be a day. There's going to be a day that we will all stand in front of Jesus. I want you to listen very closely for the next few minutes. There's going to be one day that we will all stand in front of Jesus. And there will be a, well done, my good and faithful servant, that declaration that is so beautiful. But till that day comes, man, you would have to continue serving. On that day, there's going to be, how many of you watch movies? Anybody loves movies here? Okay. There's one part of the movie that a lot of us skip. If you're not a movie buff, there's one part that you all skip. What's that part? The credits. You'll sit there 20 minutes before the movie starts and watch all the trailers, but you won't sit for the credits. Why? It's boring. It's just a black screen with names. Who wants to read names? But you know what? There's a group of people that made that movie happen, and the producers will make sure that every person, every person that even lifted a piece of paper, am I talking to somebody? That delivered a letter is going to be mentioned on those credits. Do you know that that's how heaven's going to be that one day that we walk in and he says, well, your name is going to come up and God's going to say, well done, Amy. Well done, Lisa. 
Well done, Bina. Well done, Dipti. Well done, Josiah. You know, as, as the pastor of this amazing church, we have some amazing people that, that make this movie work, that, that make this experience work Sunday after Sunday. And if there was a credit that we could roll Sunday after Sunday, I would do it, but we don't do it to glorify people. We don't do it to lift people up. We don't do it for the plaudits. But on a Sunday like this, I think it's important. I want you to look at the screen as we put some credits up. If you see your, if you see your name there, you know that you're serving here. And if you don't, I pray in my heart that you will say, you will challenge yourself and say, I want to see my name up there. I want to put my name up there with those others who say, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to give my efforts. I'm going to give my resources. I'm going to go out of my way. If I have to come early, if I have to stay late, nobody might see me. It's a thankless job. People will complain. But all these names that you see are names of people that serve here at Commission Church. Some of them, they serve almost every week. And they're the ones that come up to me and say, Pastor, I have a, I have a good balance between serving and receiving. I have, a, I have servant leaders that will send me their sermon notes and say, see, Pastor, I received today. These are my sermon notes. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to your messages. But they serve me every Sunday. Some of them serve two times a month. Some of them serve once, and if that's you that does once, and if you need, that, need to up that commitment up, that could be you today. If you're not serving at all, and you didn't see your name up there, and you're like, Pastor, I think I need to start serving. It could be being a life group leader. It could be being a, a, a community group leader. It could be in our guest connections team. It could be in our production team. It could be in our special events team. It could be in, in any of our, our guests, like, like any team. There are so many people that need you to start serving. Someone needs to say yes today. Someone needs to say, put me in, coach. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.